Would you please open your Bibles with me to Hebrews chapter 11? Hebrews chapter 11, near the end of your Bible. There is an interesting thing that we call this. We call this particular chapter the faith chapter. Have you ever heard that? This is known as the faith chapter in the scriptures, Hebrews chapter 11. I've also heard it referred to as the hall of faith. Instead of the hall of fame, it's the hall of faith. I've also heard that. Now, for those of us who are pastors, pastors, we would say that this particular verse is a sermon-rich environment because there are so many things that would be there. Yes, that, that's who you think it is, Skip. <laughs> but that sermon-rich environment, a place where it would be a place where draw lots of sermons from. I have done that. I'm sure other pastors have done the, that as well is from that particular spot. But let's begin with the very first verse, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we have not seen. You may have had this in the King James. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Just slightly a different way. And as I was young growing up, and I would hear that, that people say, what is faith? And they would repeat that text to me. My response usually was, well, what in the world does that mean? I have no idea what that means. It didn't give me any clarity at all about what it would mean. So looking at this text together, you can say, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of what we have not seen. Do that. Well, then I went and looked and said, well, biblical faith, then biblical faith is the response of the whole man to God as he was revealed in Jesus. And I could read that and see that and even go that and said, well, still lost on that as well. It didn't help me very much to understand that. It was some time ago that I got introduced, however, to a different way of looking that, and that had to deal with the word faith. Faith equals trust, because if you look in the uh, Bible, when you see the word almost always in the New Testament, where you see the word faith, you can substitute it with the word belief or the word trust. So there's more involved than just saying, like, I have faith that, that Abraham Lincoln was the 16th president of the United States, but I don't have trust in that. See, I'm not involved in any trust part of that. So I could say this in a way. I could say, I have faith or equals I trust. See, I trust in that. So maybe that helps. So it's when we commit... When we commit ourselves to Jesus Christ, we're putting a faith in there. And it's when we trust Jesus. I mean, we trust Jesus with us. So, and when I trust Jesus with my life is when I put my faith and trust in him. Now, it's interesting when Jesus was responding and talking about himself and so forth, he used these particular words that I found helpful and looked for. when he said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and finish his work. So the, my food, what I, what I get for nourishment, as it were, in my spiritual life, it comes from him doing the will of what I'm trusting what God the Father is asking me to do, what he has sent me to do, and to finish his work. And so it would be a, clearly we could say that, that is faith, that was faith, that was trust that Jesus was demonstrating to us. It's interesting, I didn't coordinate this with Danielle this morning at all, but Daniel men Danielle mentioned the centurion's request. If you remember the story, if you're familiar with the story, the centurion came to Jesus, and he asked to have his servant healed. And Jesus was impressed. He said, all, all right, I will go. I will go and see your servant. 
But the centurion, he commented and says, well, you don't need to go. You don't need to say, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. Just say the word. You have authority to do that, to make that deal. Where in the world did he get this from? Where in the world did he get that trust that Jesus could do what he was asking, what Jesus said he would do? And Jesus responded. He was so surprised. He said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. Such faith. Yesterday, I had a wonderful opportunity to go to be at our school. I love going over there. When I come out of there, I'm on a high because those kids are just great. And so when I came out of the school, uh, I was feeling this. I had told the story about the woman who had come up and touched the garment of Jesus. Remember when Jesus was walking? He had all this crowd around him. They were making their way. As they were making their way through the crowd, here came this lady, and she had been sick for 12 years, the Bible says. And she reached out. She couldn't get near, but she could reach out and touch the hem of his garment. That's all she felt she needed to do. And Jesus immediately stopped, didn't he? He stopped, if you know the story. He stopped and said, well, who touched me? And Peter said, now, now come on, Lord. We're, we're all jostling around. We're all kind of going together. We're bumping into each other. There's a lot of people here. You know, do you say, touch? We all have kind of bumped into you one time or another. And he said, no, somebody touched me. I felt the power go out of me. And finally, this woman kind of came forward, and Jesus responded to her and said, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. In other words, daughter, your trust in me has healed you. So go in peace. It's interesting. We look at Thomas as another example. Thomas is the doubter. Remember that? I'm so glad the story of uh, Thomas is in the scripture because it, his doubting, his doubting gives me an opportunity to know for sure that Jesus was alive. Isn't it? He made that. It's just, it's a powerful story. Capsulates the, the meaning of the book of John. And so he was a doubter, but before that they were making, starting to make their journey on the way. Jesus was making his travel down to the cross and they knew trouble was coming. And, and therefore Thomas responded and said, let us go also that we may die with him. See, I'm trusting to follow Jesus where he goes, which I found ex incredibly, incredibly standing. After Jesus was resurrected and left his ascension, Peter and, and the others were preaching and they got arrested and were taken before the Sanhedrin. And as they were standing before the Sanhedrin, they scolded them not to do what they were doing, not to preach what they were doing. And Peter made this, we ought to obey God rather than man. I'm putting my trust in God. We'd rather do that. That's the most important thing we do it. And then finally, Paul make, makes this mention as, in his scriptures when he said in 2 Corinthians, I will all the more gladly boast of my weaknesses, <laughs> boast of my weaknesses that the power of Christ may rest upon me because I'm putting my trust in the power of Christ. So looking at that, maybe that helped a little bit to say faith and trust moving Faith simply putting my trust in Christ. I am trusting him simply, faith in him as we go. And the Bible is just full of examples of people of faith. We can see all kinds of examples as you look at that, of people who have put their trust in him. All right, now back to Hebrews 11. Let's pick that back up again. Back to Hebrews 11, and we'll look and begin the second verse. This is what the ancients were commended for, okay, which were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed, created, 
at God's command. So that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. Now, when you go to make your dinner creation here for our meal next, next week, you get the instructions. You're going to make that casserole, that, that pan. You're going to put things in. You see real things inside. But at creation, there was nothing. He spoke and created matter. It's an incredible thing that he did. The Lord who didn't. And you can speak and create matter. I can't do that. I got to go to the grocery store and put stuff in the pan like the rest of you do. So he's commenting about by faith we understand. By faith we understand the universe was done. By faith we're trusting that it was done in what God has said in the creation of the world. Verse 4. And then he goes on and starts giving examples. By faith Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith he was commended as righteous. And you can read on. Now then he starts listing people. Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham. Now, it's very easy to find a sermon in there. Very easy. I could take any one of those and say, ah, I'll take and go off on the great faith of, of any one of those and share and do that. That's what pastors normally do <laughs> with Hebrews 11. But this morning, this morning, I want you to please follow this very closely. Because I'm not going to do that. Now, please do not call the conference and say, the pastor, he was preaching from 11, he didn't say anything, he went, well, I'll buy it, and, and complain. Of course, they already had me on speed dial anyway, so they... <laughs> so, I'd like you to follow this very closely. Because it changes maybe your perspective of what Hebrews 11 is about. So we're going to skip all those examples. I know it's a terrible thing to do. We're going to skip all the examples. And I want you to drop down to verse 13. Skip down to verse 13 there in Hebrews 11. All these people, he's mentioned those people I just shared with you. All these people were living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. Admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of a country they had left, they would have an opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, and for he has prepared a city for them. Now, those examples that are seen, that we look at, and you read them in, in chapter 11, are none of the ones that I mentioned to you earlier. None of the New Testament examples. As Hebrews was referring back to the Old Testament, those people of faith, as he went on in the list, we'll share some more with you. But all of them were looking, or had been led, to the promised land. They'd gone to the promise. The Lord had promised Abraham that this is where you're going to be. All the going across the wilderness with Moses, all ending up, they ended up at the promised land. 
and divided up the promised land. That was to be their inheritance to go. So returning to the promised land, now we have modern Israel's gone back to there saying this is our land. But the perspective from the, what we're hearing in Hebrews that there's something deeper than the promised land in Israel. And then he goes on to mention Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Moses and Rehab. Rahab. They, they go for the whole thing. They lay, lay that all out, lay all those names out, all those stories, which would be wonderful material to look at, and we draw courage from them. And then he goes on to an honorable mention list, which he doesn't delve much in. He just mentions their names, and you can see the list there. He goes on and looked at that. And he, he shares those little brief little tidbits, those little stories with you to help remind you about these people and what they had done in the past, which is healthy and a good thing to do. But what is the point he's trying to make? Now drop down some more to Hebrews 11, verse 39. I'd like you to look at that for me. These are all commended for their faith. Yet none of them received what had been promised. He promised them the promised land, didn't he? They received the promised land. But here, Paul is sharing, there's more than receiving the promised land. There's more than just this. There's more to be involved with than just this. And so he's laying this out for us to see there's more involved here. Verse 40, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. So God had planned. Look at that. So God had planned Something better for who? For us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. In other words, would they get their promise fulfilled? And when I read that, I'm looking at this and I'm going, whoa. Since God had planned something better for us, So that only together with us would they be made perfect. Would they get their promise fulfilled? So it's admiring their faith is great. And I, and I think we could do that. We could go, yes, I admire their faith. But the message coming out of Hebrews is deeper and goes beyond just admiring people in their faith. So that changes our view of how we're going to look at chapter 11. Even though those names and all their stories are great, and I learned them as a child. And I believe, yes, you have to have faith. We have to have trust in God. But there's more in Hebrews 11 that's being laid out for us. Jump back up to verse 16. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one, Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. 
longing for a better country, a heavenly one. It wasn't enough to have Palestine. It wasn't enough to have the promised land. Not enough for what he showed to Abraham. Those folks knew by faith there was something better than the promised land. They said there's something better than the world in which we exist. There's something better than the sinful world that we have, and God has promised it to us, and he wants us to be with him, and he's not ashamed for us to be called our, their God, our God. And he's promised us something, but it's not yet fulfilled. It goes to the promise of, of what was made to them and what was made to us, the same promise same promise which now picks up the, the themes that ran through Hebrews and in Hebrews we we had looked at how Jesus was God how he was tempted as we are yet without sin we looked at how he he then went to the cross and paid for us how he is ministering in the sanctuary in heaven how he is offering the benefits of his sacrifices, in a White says, as he is preparing a people for him to come, as he's working and making his offering, that my blood is sufficient for you, that he's making that offering, that security for us by his own blood, by his own admission. By the, that whole theme runs right through Hebrews. And now he comes to this point where he's pitching us in drawing us in, making us part of Hebrews 11 by laying out these great people of faith and ties us in. You know, I thought, boy, won't it be wonderful when we go to heaven to be able to uh, meet some of these people. Can you imagine that? Won't it be something to meet Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, Samuel, now, I've got dibs on John the Apostle, as I mentioned before, because John's book is my favorite gospel book. It's hands down, is my favorite. He has helped me so much in John. So when we line up to meet John, uh, I get to cut in front of you. <laughs> I want to run up to him and give him a hug and say, thank you, thank you, thank you. You have no idea what your book meant to me and they say what book and I said well the book of John well, no, I wrote a, wrote a little thing there you read that yep 2,000 years later man it was great <laughs> who are you I'm Bill <laughs> so by faith by faith by trust in God Hebrews is now drawing us into the same crowd He's listed all these folks here, and now your name can be put there as well, who believe and trust in God alone for salvation, you see. Secured by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hebrews draws us in and says, the blood of Jesus Christ, his sacrifice, sealed for you the opportunity to be part of that group so that you too can have a promise to receive. And what is that promise to receive that promise to receive is he will be our God and we will be his people that's that's the story of salvation is it not 
Is that not really what it is? Christ leads us so that we can call him our God and that we can be his people. That's the way it has always been from the beginning pages of Genesis 1. That he gathers together that we, that we can be his people and he can be our God. And that overshadows everything. And as a result, he wants his people to be with him. Therefore, fulfilling the promise to all those people that are listed in the Hebrews 11, which include, put your name in there. <laughs> By faith, put your name there. When I was tested in Naples, Florida, I stood firm held on to my faith and trust in the promise that God was giving to me, even though I had not yet received it, I'm still looking forward to that time when the Lord will, and he will come soon, and fulfill his promise to me, and I will be his child, and he will be my God, and we will see him face to face, and I praise God for that. And that's why we worship. So as I was reading this, this week, looking over this passage, it became very personal when I could see I'm in that passage. See, I'm in it. That promise. So, how is it, you great people of faith, that your name is in the Hall of Faith? <laughs> Us. looking forward to the fulfillment of the promise that Christ has given to us. It touches my soul. It gives me courage. It helps me respond to God in a more praise to him and glory to him because I did not deserve it. But he gave it to me through the blood of Christ as he offers it to you. You can be part of the great hall of faith in Scripture. Come and join. Get in and love it. Be part of it. I thank you, Lord, for this great passage. It is a marvelous piece. Oh, we review all those names, and we look at them, and we focused on them, and we need to focus on them because they, they offer to so much from their life and their faithfulness, and we can, we can gather. But when we get down to the end, we see all oh, the call. The call and the promise was given to us as well. And that when we join with them, we will be made perfect with them, uniting with them as your children. So that you are our God and we are your children. What a fabulous thing, Lord, you offer to us through the blood of Christ. That we can be your children and you can be our God. We praise your holy name. Amen.